0: We lift your name on high in this place. God, this morning, Lord, we lift your name up. Lord, as the psalmist writes, we look to the hills. From Where does our help come? Our help comes from you. And so we praise that name that is so much greater. We praise your name that is so much more. We praise your name that... Lord, the name of provision, Jehovah Jireh, the name of healing, Jehovah Rapha, the, the name God that is so much greater than anything that we may ever face. And so, Lord, we press into the intimacy of that name. God, I'm reminded of a story where the blind dude cries out, son of David, have mercy on me. And, Jesus stopped what he was doing. After the crowd told him to shut up, after the crowd told the blind dude to be quiet, Jesus stopped what he was doing and said, send him unto me. There is something that happens when we, when we cry out, when we sing, when we shout that name. That is higher than any other name. Be lifted up. Be lifted higher. Higher and higher than any other name. Be lifted up. Sing it just one more time. Come on, Jason. Lead us in that. So be- something about corporate worship Jason that just lifts our hearts up and out you may feel pressed because of the difficulty. You may feel overwhelmed because of the pandemic. You you may feel down and out because of the bad news. But I, I'm reminded of a story. I think it's in Acts chapter 16. It's Paul and Silas. They've been preaching and all of a sudden they come and arrest Paul and Silas. They beat them within an inch of their lives. They put their, their hands and their feet in chains. They throw them into the inner cell. But yet about midnight, Paul decides that he wants a perspective change. So it says that he began to lift up the name of of the Lord. He began to sing songs. And later what we find out happens is that the chains fall off and the door swings open wide. And that same apostle, Paul, he writes later on, I may be pressed, but I'm not crushed. I may be persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I may be struck down, but I am not destroyed. Somebody ought to praise that name. Is it all right if I preach a worshipful message this morning? Is that all right? Is that okay? Is that okay at home? Listen, guys, you can be seated, everybody, but, but Brandy. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to preach a message to you that God has placed within my spirit. In fact, about a year and a half ago, I started this series called Lyrics and Lines. It was a series where Basically, we look at the different psalms and their lyrical content and how they were used for worship thousands of years ago and how they impact our worship today. Somebody say lyrics and lines. So today, I told you then that it was a series that we would revisit every so often, and I want to do that tonight, today. Today excuse me i want to I want to do that because I want to look at psalms chapter forty six Just take your Bibles and turn with me to psalms forty six it 's going to be the narrative that we 're going to be in today and listen i i 'm so glad to have a, a little audience here with me, some of the worship singers who are down here and i 'm going to preach to them because this this cavernous building can be lonely when you 're Here by yourself preaching to a camera, but what I do know is that God has a special word for you this morning, a word that I believe is going to touch you in your spirit and and, and give you a fresh perspective on the calamity that we may be under in our country today. In fact, Psalms 46 is very relevant to where we are as a country today. So if you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. ready. Put in the chat bar, I'm ready. Right, Right there on the social media, I'm ready. So let me read to you psalms 46 i'm gonna just read and we're gonna work our way through this listen i I, i've changed this message probably a half a dozen times so i'm just gonna preach what what god puts in my spirit as we go through this but let me start it this way it says psalms chapter 46 the psalmist writes this he says god and i love this is our refuge and our strength hold on a second god our refuge and our strength I need that to get in your spirit this morning God is our refuge and God is our strength think of the times that God has been your refuge think of all the times that you didn't have any strength but God has been your strength think of the times that you you felt the, the rain of life but yet here's God showing up as your refuge I need that to resonate in your spirit today, but I also need you to understand this, that the psalmist is writing this and he's giving us a promise of who God is. He is our refuge and he is our strength. But then later, right after that, he writes a declaration that reinforces the previous thought. Look what he says. He says, the Lord is our refuge and he is our strength, but he's also an ever-present help in a time of trouble. Now, hang on a second. The Lord is our refuge. Refuge means safety, safety from the turmoil, safety from, from, from the rain, the shelter in the storm, if you will, the, the safety in the trouble. What I love about that passage of Scripture is that it does not say, Teresa, it does not say that there will not be trouble. It says that God is an ever-present help in a time of trouble. The problem is this, many times the refuge of God goes unrealized in our lives because we refuse to live in his strength. Good Lord, I need you to write that down. It should be on your notes, if not, just just follow me. I'm going to try to say it again for the second time, straight. I don't know if I can repeat it the same way, but, but you'll get the gist of it. Many times we miss the refuge of God. Because we refuse to live and to walk in his strength. The strength that I'm talking about is that peace that surpasses all understanding, that guards our hearts and our minds. The strength that I'm talking about is that grace that is more than enough in our moment of weakness. That strength that I'm talking about, Darren, is that we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus who loves us. I'm about to preach up in this place. You see, there is refuge, but then there's also Refuse. You see, many times we refuse to let go of our weakness in order to walk into his strength. Many times we refuse to let go of what is confining us so that we can't walk into his strength that will refine us. Many times we cannot live in this is the day the Lord hath made because we won't let go of yesterday. woo So here he is. He says, the Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my strength. And don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. But basically, he's saying, the psalmist is, is saying that we've got, you know, Sometimes we we, we have to learn how to forget what's behind and press on towards what is ahead. And sometimes it's hard to walk in strength when all you are thinking about is defeat. Now, I don't want to lose. Brandy, I forgot you were there. Thank you. I I don't want to lose the context of this verse. And I certainly don't want to lose the context of this psalm. But I will say that theologians have a lot of uncertainty as to the timeline of this psalm. But they are very certain as to the circumstances of this psalm. Meaning why it was written, the context of why it is written. Let me paint this image for you. Imagine with me, if you will, that you live in a city that is walled in. And outside of these walls is the opposing army that is marching around the walls in order to find a weak place in order to penetrate the walls. And so inside of the walls, there's a lack of communication. There, there's there's a, uh, this imminent danger. There's a, a lack of food. There, there's, there's problems. There's this. There's uncertainty. You're no longer living on the offensive, but rather the defensive. You're no longer optimistic, but rather pessimistic because you're wondering what's going to happen. How is it going to happen? You're sitting and waiting and sitting and waiting and sitting and waiting, and you don't understand what's going on. You don't understand when it's going to happen, but you feel like something bad is going to happen, and therefore you're in this low place, this sunken place, this deep place, this hurtful place, this place of hurt, this place of difficulty. And the psalmist is is, is painting this image for us as to the value of this song and why worship will change our perspective. You see, when I began to think of this deep place, this, this sunken place, I, I don't know why, but my mind went to Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I, listen, I, I, I hate that I have to use Miley Cyrus in, in a spiritual context, but, but my mind actually went to some of the hymnal words that Miley recorded in a song that she called The Climb. How many of you in here have heard of The Climb? Yeah, yeah, I see what music y'all listening to. So so, so let me just read for you some of the lyrics of, of The Climb. Here's what it says. It says, I can almost see it, that dream that I'm dreaming, but there's a voice inside my head saying, you'll never reach it. Every step I'm taking, every move I make feels lost with no direction. My faith is shaking, but i got to keep trying. i got to keep my head held high. There's always going to be another mountain. I'm always going to want to make it move. I'm always going to be an, it's an uphill battle. Sometimes I'm going to have to lose. Ain't about how fast I get there. Ain't about what's waiting on the other side. It's, it's the climb. Hold on a second. Again... I make any apologies for the spiritual context that I'm trying to use this song in. But my mind, when I was thinking about the place that the psalmist is really describing and the place that Miley Cyrus is describing, the climb, my mind went to something that one of my mentors says to me quite often. He says, Mark, sometimes you have to do the Zacchaeus like it's a dance. You have to climb up in the tree." And get a different perspective. You have to climb up in the tree so that you can see over the things that are around you. So that you can actually see what Jesus is doing. Therefore, I've got a very spiritual title for today's message. It's The Climb. At home, look at your neighbor and say, The Climb. At home, look at your neighbor and say, Thanks, Miley. It's The Climb. Now, now, listen to me, because there's, there's a deeper spiritual meaning behind this, and certainly I'm using an unspiritual song to bring out a spiritual context in this narrative, but what you need to understand is that the writer of this song is allegorically, I think I said that right, is giving us this image of, 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 of a climb, if you will, because he's taking us higher and higher and higher, and, and, and you'll see what I mean by that, because what he's showing us, what we know about this psalm, is that it's a, a low place. It's written for the person who's in, a, in a, an emotionally low place, a relationally, a relationally low place, a physically low place. We, we feel like, you know, we're, we're trapped in, and there's a stay-home order, and there's a pandemic, but then slicing through the darkness of night is the verse. But the Lord is my refuge. And he is my strength. Those words are so powerful that even Martin Luther in 1529, under the siege of Vienna, he wrote something out of this psalm. He wrote one of the iconic hymns called Mighty Fortress is Our God. And because I read Miley, I, I need to at least read Martin Luther. And here's, here's what he, he, he writes. He says, And though this world, with devil's field, should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him, His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. We see these words that touch the heart of Martin Luther as he's writing this, as it looks as if life may be over, but yet he realizes that even though I'm in this place, I can climb to another place. And so the psalmist is letting us know a couple of things in this narrative. Number one, you need to know that God is is with us that God is is with us and even though life seems to be beyond our control even though we may be in a pandemic there's sickness, there's a virus, there's an economic disaster, there, there's people who are depressed and discouraged, there's, there's all of these different things that are happening, unemployment, all of this, this uncertainty, all of these things that we just don't have the answers for. But what we do know from this psalm is that even though that particular city was in that particular stage of life and so uncertain, not really sure what was happening, what we do know is that we're not outside of the care of God. Because he is our refuge and he is our strength. And what I love about this psalm is that it's a little different from many of the other psalms, especially because of the allegory that is present, but mostly because many of the psalms start out talking about the dynamic of the difficulty. But this writer starts out talking about the beauty of who God is. He says he's our refuge and he's our strength. And then in verses 2 and 3, he begins to talk about... Some of the trouble. Let me read to you what he says about some of the trouble. He lets us know that the trouble, though, pales in comparison to who God is. Here's what he says. He says, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. That's trouble. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake and they're surging. Hold on a second. He's, therefore we will not fear, though the earth it gives way. And the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar. He, he's, he's on the climb. Right now he's looking down over all of creation. And he's seeing all of these different calamities, all of these different problems. And, and, and he's letting us know something. He's letting us know that we can trust in God and we can climb out and we can rise above or we can mistrust God and we can be overwhelmed. You see, I wrote something down. You can get no emotional comfort from his presence without grabbing hold of his strength. Think about that. You can have no emotional comfort from his presence without grabbing hold of his strength because it's his strength that's going to give to you comfort when there's so much uncertainty in your life. Am I going to have a job when this is all over? Am I going to get this sickness? Will somebody die? Will this happen? Will that happen? What will happen with the economy? When is all of this madness going to be over? When is life going to be back to normal? And it seems to be so far beyond our control, but it's not outside of his care so here the psalmist takes us even higher on a climb in verses 4 and following. Here's what he says. He says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall he lifts his voice and the earth melts are are you grabbing this he's saying that life can be chaotic nations can be falling there can be earthquakes there can be desolation there's all of this chaos but nothing is chaotic for him all of the chaos in our lives in our lives it's not chaotic for him, he he knows the end from the beginning. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the one who has a plan for us, a plan not to harm us, but a, a plan to prosper us. He 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 knows that. And the writer of this psalm is 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 remembering as he's getting higher and higher and higher on the climb. He knows that he the, the voice of God can speak and the earth can melt showing us the power and the beauty of of God because it's it's the climb. We may have difficulty, but it's the climb. But what I love is verse 5. Look at verse 5. Verse 5. Put up verse 5 for me. Verse 5 says this. It says, God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Just keep that verse up for a minute. God is within her. Let me make a play on words for a minute. God is within her. Listen, God is not only the God, the creator of the universe. He's also the creator of Brandy. He's also the creator of Adrian. He's also the creator of Mark. He's also the uh, the creator of your creator. He's created you individually. It says God is within her she will not fall. Have you ever wondered why it seems like a lot of stuff comes at you? I mean, do you ever feel like when it rains, it pours? You know what I'm saying? Well, let me tell you something. A lot of times the reason why a lot is coming against you is because God has placed a lot within you. And sometimes he shuts off all of the noise and the things around you so that he can continue to do that work in you. <laughs> Sometimes he has to shut off all of those things around you so that you will not be dependent upon those things because those things are temporary. I don't care how long you've been working that job. God is more permanent than that job. God is the author and perfecter of your faith. God is the one who opened up that door for you to walk into that job. You see, your source of income is not something that should bring you hope. It's God who brings you hope. It's his strength that brings you hope. And that's what the writer is letting us know. You see, it's, it's, it's God who's doing a work within us but then there's something else that he says that I love right here it says can I have a few minutes is that all right can I have a few minutes it says that God will help her at the break of day I love that statement God will help her at the break of day when the sun crests that horizon it's a brand new day God's mercies are new every single morning God loves the break of day. I begin to think about how God has done some incredible things when the new day starts. I think about the people of Israel. They've been set free from Egypt, but yet the Pharaoh has changed his mind. The Egyptian army is chasing down the the people of Israel, they get to the Red Sea and they're standing on the shore of the Red Sea and the darkness of night is there and, and, and Moses doesn't really know what to do but yet he climbs up on a rock and he holds up his hands in the staff and he calls out, God! And at that moment, there is a shift in his perspective. And the darkness of, of night gives way to the light of day, and the seas, the Red Sea, begin to, begins to part, and, and the people of Israel walk across on dry ground, and then the Egyptian army, when the sea collapses, is all gone. <laughs> I think about another episode where God did something at the break of day because Jesus was crucified and he was placed within a tomb. And then on the third day, the sun began to crest over the horizon and the storm was rolled away and Jesus overcame death, hell, and the grave. Why? Because that's the way God spoke it into existence. That's because God is the author and perfecter of our faith. That's because God is in control. That's because his mercies are new. Every single morning <laughs> so we see that God has a desire to bring us into the newness the earth may be in chaos but just the very voice of the Lord speaks through the chaos then he says something in verse 7 He's getting higher on the climb, and look what he says. He says, the Lord Almighty is with us. Remember, God is with us. He wanted us to remember God is with us. We're not alone. God is with us. And he, says, he says, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now, Now, there's a lot happening here. Let me just take a moment. He says, the Lord God Almighty is with us. That is, that phrase is a name in Hebrew for God. It's Jehovah Sabaoth, it actually means that the Lord is the army, or is the commander of the army of heaven. That's what that name means. But it also carries with it this secondary reference that not only is he the commander of the army of heaven, but he is also the commander in our lives. How do I know that? Because look what it says. It says, the Lord Almighty is with us. Okay, so he's giving him this huge name, Jehovah Sabbath. But then he says, the God of Jacob is our fortress. He brings it down to the individual. Lord have mercy. So in other words, there can be chaos all around us. There can be difficulty all around us. There can be uncertainty all around us. There can be a pandemic all around us. There can be economic collapse all around us. But God is also consumed not about everything that is happening in the world. He's also consumed with you and what's happening in your life as an individual. So you cry out to God and God becomes the ever-present help in your life. Then the climb gets even higher, because in verse 8 and 9, he shows us something. Not only is he the God that is with us, but he's also the God that is above us. And this becomes the baseline for our faith, because in the chaos, in the uncertainty, in the unknowns, in the virus, in the sickness, it may be so much greater than our ability. It may be so much greater than our resources, but it is not greater than his. And so the writer shows us something. Not only is God with us, but also God is above us. Listen, I'm gonna ask the team to come back. Come, come, come back. I know you're just loving all this preaching, and you're all in. I see you all taking notes, and you're all going to heaven. But I want you to come back. Come on back. Everybody else stay with me. I'm gonna close in just a couple of minutes. Let me read for you verses eight and nine. I want you to see this. It says. He writes, come and see what the Lord has done. Hold on a second. He says, come and see what the Lord has done. Mm. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks bows and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Mm. Verse 8 says, come and see what the Lord has done has done what the psalmist has done at this point in time has lifted up his spirit through this worship song he's climbed up to such a height that that he's looking down and now he's no longer just seeing the hell that's been breaking out in his life but he's seeing it from a different vantage point because he's up above all of that. And when he's up above all of that, he realizes something. He says, come and see what the Lord has done. In other words, now that he's looking around, he recognizes, hold on a second, God prevailed here. God showed up there. And God showed up over here. And, and God showed up over there. And God was the refuge here. And God was the shelter from the storm over there. God was a healer over here. God, God was a blessing over there. And he's up so high that now he's not Consumed with what's standing in front of him, what seems to be overwhelming him, because he realizes now that God is an ever-present help. He's up high, he's been in the climb, and now he can see what God has done. It's so beautiful. And then as a result of what God has done and how God has triumphed in all of these other desperate times. He writes one of the most iconic verses in all the Bible. But he writes it from a position of elevation. He writes it from a position that he's been in this place that was sunken, that was deep, that was low, a place of pain. But now he's up and he says, look what God has done. And then he says in verse 10, he says... Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all of the earth. He says, Be still and know that I am God. There is this sense of calm that's come over this writer. That's come over this this psalmist who's writing this worship song because he realizes, hold on a second, I see all of the victories that God has brought throughout all of eternity. So, what's keeping God from bringing that victory now? You see, the only reason why he saw that is because he was willing to climb up out of that low place. Some of you today, you need to climb. You need to climb out of that place of fear because God is with us. You need to climb out of that low place of depression because God is for you. You need to climb out of that despair because God is above you. He is our refuge. He is an ever-present help in a time of need. He's not a God just of Sunday. He's an everyday kind of God. He's not just the God of one situation. He's an ever-present help in all situations. So this morning, I begin to climb. I'm asking you to climb. Climb up and out. Climb up and into his peace. Climb up and into his love. Climb up and into his mercy. Climb up and into his grace. Climb up and into his healing. Climb up and into his joy. Come on, somebody. Help me say the climb good Lord I'm going to lose my voice the climb sometimes you just gotta let go of the weakness to walk in his strength you've gotta let go of what's confining you in order for him to refine you you've gotta live and this is the day the Lord hath made by letting go